Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Dynamite After Dark. I'm your host, Zen Man Shane Sabunia, along with my good buddy, the Honorable Jack. Hello. And, and this is your dyna- your AEW Dynamite Instant Reaction Show here on LOP Radio on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to it later, you're probably on Red Circle. And uh, you're also listening to us on the, on the Kingdom of Honor live stream on YouTube as well. So welcome, all of you. However you're listening, thank you for making us a part of your night tonight. And... Um, you know, it's so weird, Jeff, because I am sitting in my house, like, I'm feeling better now that the light's off and the dogs aren't laying on me anymore, but I was roasting the whole night. And yet, oh, and yet, watching AEW Dynamite, I thought hell had fucking frozen over because Sean Spears actually did something to entertain the hell out of me tonight. Right. I was kind of wondering <laughs> how you were going to do that. I, when that SSN came up, the first thing I thought of was the RNN from uh randy orton before he joined legacy when he would break into the broadcast for his um medical updates yeah the randy news Uh, network yep yeah and that and that's what in my eyes got randy orton over to begin with and to see sean spears pull that out i was i was highly entertained by that and spears did it even i mean he he and when randy did he was he was like standing up he was in a polo shirt all that kind of stuff Right, and his spirits was actually looked like an anchor tonight, yep. <laughs> sitting at a my, desk and the suit on and all that. My stuff. favorite, my favorite part of the whole thing was when he goes, "I'm Sean Spears," and then did that really cheesy grin, yeah, like a newscaster does. I, I was, when I saw that, I, I laughed out loud. I was like, "This is the greatest thing Sean Spears has ever done." Yeah, it, it really was great, and and <laughs> if he keeps doing stuff like this, I might actually get on board with Sean Spears for the first time ever. Well. You know, and it's funny because we were talking last night about go-home shows. I feel like I saw a much better go-home show on that pay-per-view we watched than I did tonight. I mean, I get it. They did what they could with what they had. Um, But I'm over the whole teasing Hangman Page leaving the elite crap and then always coming to their rescue. I'm not because we haven't seen a payoff on it yet. So, So, I mean... We still haven't seen a payoff on Jake versus Hangman. That was a year ago. Yeah, but guess what? I was bitching two weeks ago about how um, the faces always let Inner Circle beat them down. And you're like, well, we haven't seen Inner Circle. they got to reestablish them. Well, they got to reestablish this stuff with Hangman Page, too, because we haven't seen him on the screen for three months either. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I, I you, think you I'm just. You, you can't it in both ways, my friend. You just can't. I can. I can and I will. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just I'm just over the whole hangman turning heel thing because it just doesn't make sense in his storyline and everything going on. And they keep teasing that hangman's going to be the heel. But I mean, I guess we'll see when live crowds come back how they react. But he going into this whole pandemic was the most over guy on the company. Well, that's the thing, though. You and I have talked about this before is that's that's a weird dynamic where um the announcers keep teasing it that way, but if you actually watch what's going on, nobody in the right mind could actually think that's what's going on. You wouldn't think so. I mean, no, I mean, I have not seen once Hangman turn on the elite. He's been mad at Matt Jackson, and that's it. He teased that turn at um, Revolution. That's right, he did. Okay. Um, but other than that, he's been really on the up and up. It's been the the. Um, Young Bucks, who have been playing the heel throughout this whole thing, calling him a jobber and telling him that he never would have amounted to anything if it wasn't for them and all that stuff. 
yeah, that's 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 true. That's very true. But I mean, I'm not. I I would agree with you if if it been if that was actually been going on for the last three months. But since we haven't seen him for, I, I'm saying three months, but I'll say two and a half, three months, whatever time it's been. It's been we haven't seen, even seen Hangman Page. So I think they have to reestablish the fact that that yeah, just because he's been sitting at home doesn't mean that he's that he's forgotten that he has issues with these guys. That he has issues with the Bucks. That's the problem. The only people he has issues with are the Bucks. He doesn't have issues with Omega. He doesn't have issues with with a Matt Hardy, but he walks out on them too. Yeah, but he, but even even back then he still did the same thing. I mean, he would still like come out help Kenny and then and then walk off by himself. Right. You know? So I mean, it's it's not like they're doing anything new. They're just and I did, but they still have to like resolve what this actually is. I, I like how they they did what they did. I didn't realize that that um, arena they were in was um, attached to the football field. I had no clue. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, I know. I, I, I had no clue. And uh, to have him, uh, yeah, I like how they had all 10 of them out in that area to stay under the, um, you know, the not more than 10 people um, gathering thing. Because if they had had that whole little thing happen in the in the arena, there would have been way too many people involved. I think it's funny they said there was going to be a ring at the fifty yard line. I really did not expect there to be a ring at all. I thought it was, there was going to be fighting in the entire arena. That, I mean, I mean, either way is fine. I think it's, I think it's that you know these are all all ten of these guys are very talented, very creative guys. So I think that they're going to do a great job using that space to 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 make like an incredible spectacle of a match, but. <clears throat> I, I I really did not expect there to be a ring set up in there. My only thing with it is with unless there are five different referees, how can you have a false count on anywhere match? You know, and, and in a match like this, how are you going to do a false count anywhere match when there's a possibility of five separate people pinning somebody else? Well, they'll have, the, they'll have the referee driving around on a golf cart trying to catch up to them. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying it, it, a false count anywhere match doesn't make sense in this environment because there's so many people involved in it. It's like you could have four guys fighting and one guy way on you know, the other side of the uh, uh, stadium hits his finisher and the match is over while the other eight guys are still fighting. Yeah, but there might still be rules where the legal guy has to be the one that gets the pin. Who's going to be the legal guy? I mean, it's obviously going to be just a brawl. Uh, I, I think. No, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying, but but they also said there was going to be a ring and stuff. So I'm assuming there's going to be some kind of structure involved at some point to start at least to start the match. Well, that's what I'm saying is I wish what they would have done instead is that you have to you have to pin your opponent in the middle of the, of the ring, not a false count anywhere match. Because then it would have taken, you know, a little more strategy and working with your team and everything, not just five guys, you know, fighting on other ends of the stadium. Or they could just have just had it like be just a, a brawl and not even and not even worry about who pinfalls or submissions. Right. That would have been an even better, you know, stipulation. Yeah. Just five guys beating the hell out of five other guys until five guys can't stand up. This is actually this is actually kind of match where maybe that maybe that thing they tried at uh, um, full gear with having the the um, the judges would make sense. Like, yeah, you know, have it go like thirty minutes, and then who, and then the judges just pick like you know who they felt like won after those thirty minutes. So. Yeah, that would have made more sense. I, I just I, I don't like the whole false count anywhere stipulation, but the rest of it is it's it's intriguing. It's gonna with that kind of space. 
it's going to be really intriguing to see who's going to, or how it's going to be able to play out. You know, how many cameras are they going to have? You know, how are they going to set this up so that we can see them everywhere? And, you know, it's, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, can I just go on the record and say that I like PNP better than I ever liked LAX as characters? Yeah, I, I will agree with you 100%. I, I think there's something about Ortiz. Now is this, or is it Santana? I don't know which one. The, the one with the afro. Is that Ortiz? Ortiz, yeah. yeah Him yeah, being yeah. that just psychopath, there's something so fun about that. Yeah, I think I think Santana always looked like he was going to be the breakout star of the group, and now that Ortiz has found this has found this character, I can easily see him being a. And not that I'm, not that I want these guys to break up or that they're ever going to break up, but I think that if they if there's going to be a breakout, now I can't either. I can't even see you know this guy's going to be great, the other guy's not. I think right. they're both great in different ways now. You know? I I love the fact that he took that tie clip and said, "This looks like it might be worth something." <laughs> I couldn't tell what it was, but that that did crack me up. <laughs> it, it it had to have been a tie clip. I don't I don't know what it was either. I'm just assuming it was a tie clip because it yeah. looked like he took it right off his tie. Yeah. But it, that 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 kind of made me laugh too. I I was a little bit concerned how they were going to pay that off when we got to the main event and you know the because they threatened the elite right away from the beginning, right away at the beginning of the night. Right. Um, I do like how they just don't even acknowledge that Cody was originally part of the elite and supposed to be in that match. Why bother? Well, yeah, I mean, he's not, he hasn't been, and we've talked about this before that he hasn't been a member of the elite for, uh, I don't know the entire double or not, or the entire AEW run. Mm-hmm. He's always kind of gone and done his own thing. Right. Um, and, you know, and, 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 and you know, I'm, I'm glad they're setting it this way also, because you and I had talked before about how, we felt like blood and gust was not the right fit for this group. You know, no. that, that they had, they were already building other things up that would have fit better in blood and gust than this would have. So, right. And now this seems to be fitting well. It does. And, and we, and they can say blood and gust now for something else they can build up over a longer amount of time. That would actually make sense. Like know? Moxley and a team against dark order. Yeah. Or, or even like, you know, devil's triangle, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian oh, against, death. against, yeah, Death, death Triangle against, death triangle. you know, against uh, Best uh, Friends, Best Best Friends and um, SCU or something, you know. What well, the um? Hell, they, uh, even, they can do do women's why the women women once again stole the show tonight. I have to say. Oh, I think so. I I think they had the best match of the night. I mean, I I really this was. If Sammy's not going to be his high-flying athletic ability, this is the Sammy I want. I don't want that comedic Sammy that we got a few weeks back mm-hmm. where they're making bets and all this crap. I felt like Sammy, this might have been one of his better performances. Maybe not his best match. I mean, Matt Hardy looks amazing. He looks like he is in the best shape of his life. And I hate when announcers say that you know, about older guys and everything, but he really does. He looks like he's... He's wrestling better than I've seen him wrestle since before he went to TNA. Um, but Sammy, to be able to do the match that he did and actually tell the story that he did, really impressed me. You know, I, 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 I'd love to comment on that, but I was chasing my dogs around at the time, so I really didn't see much of that match. He wasn't his high flyer self. You know, he wasn't doing his flashy high flying moves. He was actually telling a story. Matt was attacking his arms and his hands and he was selling for Matt. It, it was, 
I, I think it might have been his best performance that I've seen, even if it wasn't his best match. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, but I, you know, I just thought the women were great again. You know, I, I was, I was, you know, I, we were having this like debate. On, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but Ryan was telling me like, you know, TNA is, or uh, Adam is assigned Tessa and he's assigned Sasha Banks, and I'm like, I have no. said it before. And, I, and I'm no. Like, no, I really like AEW's with the with the, with the women's division. I mean, yeah, for a while they were slacking off on it but now i think you know it's really dynamic and i think for i think this is now the third week in a row they've had the best match on the card and what we talked about last week about how um you know she did not get in the upper upper hand on nyla rose Mm -hmm. actually getting the upper hand tonight puts a little bit of doubt now granted she got her ass beat in the match and it took her and statlander to and a table to get naya down but at least now there's a little bit of Hey, I, I got you down but once. I can do it again. Yeah. You know, it, it was a little confidence builder that we never got before, and it, it was a nice change of pace. I don't think we've, since Nia Rose has been in the, or Nyla Rose, I'm sorry, um, has been in AEW, I don't think I've ever seen her have somebody get the better of her. No, and that was a great suplex, too. Oh, it was. You know, and like I said, granted, they she had to have help from Statlander. She had to have the table and everything. But the fact that we actually saw somebody get a one-up on on Nyla was really refreshing. Well, you know, Jeff, it's wrestling one-on-one. If you set up a table, you're going to go through it. So. You will, yeah, especially if you're the heel that sets up the table. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just that's that's just common knowledge. Yeah. Exactly. But it, I, I don't know. I was I was pleased with that. That was that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, they got it. You know, they got this right. Yeah, absolutely. And and now you know if Sheeta doesn't win the title, then at least you know she she did get her moment against Nyla. So. Well, yeah, and I mean she's not going to win the title. There's you know. Don't make me cry. It, it's it's they're trying to build Nyla back up to be the monster and everything, and she's got to go through the babyface opponents before somebody finally beats her. And I don't know that it's really Sheeta's time considering we just had a title change. You know, it's like as much as I want to see Brody Lee take the title, I, I think unfortunately we're in the same position where, you know, with Mox just winning it, they're not going to pull it. They're not going to take it off him yet. You know, it might feel like we just had a title change, but actually neither won it a month before Revolution. So it's actually been oh wow, like four months that she's been the champion. Holy crap. Maybe it's because of the quarantine. We haven't seen her on TV. It just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like that. But wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels like that. But she's actually the longest reigning women's champion now. Oh wow! I guess I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that. Just, just, and so are, and you know, same thing with Heyman Page and Kenny Omega. They're not, they're not the longest reigning tag team champions. So. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, I'm still still. Sticking oh, and, with and, my fact, and, and, and I will, and I will make this prediction right now. Whoever wins between Cody and um, and Lance Archer at uh, Double or Nothing will be, will at that moment be the longest reigning TNT champion. I hate you. <laughs> I, just, I just hate you. Because <laughs> I beat you to it. No, because you did it. You said it. Not, I mean, it had nothing to do with beating me to it. The fact that you just said it is bad enough. Uh, but I, I mean, I, and, and me, and, and, I know and I'm going to be arguing. Along the same lines, Bo was the blonde one. 
Um, I know that I'm going to disagree with 99% of the nostalgic wrestling fans out there. But man, I was so disappointed in that uh, promo between Arn and Jake. Wait, there's a promo between Arn and Jake? That must be, that must be we already dozed off. I did not see it. You didn't see the, the them sitting across from each other at a table in the middle of the ring? No, I'm guessing that happened right after the MJF match, because that's kind of when I dozed off, when they went to commercial there. You didn't miss anything, man. That was some of the most god-awful crap I've ever seen in my life. It, it's You had two of the greatest talkers of all time. And um, I, I guess even Mike's skills can deteriorate over time. Well, I guess we've seen that with JR, so that's you know that does make sense. But I just I was not impressed with those two at all. I, I, they they spent too much time trying to be tough guys. Um, Jake Roberts cut off Arn in the middle of talking and said something about going to hell with him that made absolutely no sense and just kind of came out of nowhere. It, it was just odd. The whole thing was just odd. Well, I'm glad I missed it, though. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, and I was so excited to see it. It was almost kind of like, I, for some reason, I was really excited to be, see Pineapple Pete maybe you know, get a little rub from Jericho last week not just get punked out by a back elbow. Um, and it was along that lines of, I'm excited for this, but holy crap, I'm disappointed now. I totally understand. I, I probably would have been too. Maybe I'll try to go back and watch it someday, at some point this week. I don't even waste your time. It, it was, it just, it was so disappointing. Like I said, you got two of the greatest talkers in the history of the business. You know, two guys that could captivate you by not raising their voice. Two guys that could cut a promo that would just make you cringe. Uh, and they just, they just know. Uh, it, it just, it was, I mean, they even brought that up in the, in the conversation about how they're two guys that could talk with anybody and all this stuff. And I'm just like, come on guys. And then, it, and then of course it ended in true wrestling fashion where they needed to throw the table aside. And um, I, I'm not really sure what happened or why this happened. Maybe the refs took too long to get down to the ring to get between the two of them so the two old men didn't actually touch. But for some reason, after they stood up and Arn started coming after um, Jake, Robert's kind of awkwardly grabbed Tony Schiavone and shuffled him towards Arn Anderson. Oh, interesting. It was a really, really weird spot. It was, and, and then, you know, shortly after that, the referees actually get down there. So I don't know if maybe the referees missed their cue and they didn't get down there quick enough or what had happened, but that was, it was another awkward spot. Well, speaking of um, disappointing fans of old time, sports uh combat sports um i am i was a big boxing fan i still am you know occasionally when i throw in a, a match a good i see a good fight i'm excited about it but really am i I'm supposed to get excited for mike tyson uh who has not been relevant since he bit the ear of vander holyfield or maybe even since he raped robin gibbons um and I'm supposed well to be excited i about mean him, about him showing up on aw dynamite on aw's double or nothing to present a, a title i don't care about um, to 
either Cody or Lance Archer. I mean, what the fuck would I, would I, why would, A, why would I care about that? And B, why is uh, Jim Ross creaming his pants about it? Why are they all, why are they treating the, Mike Tyson like this is 1993? You know, and he just beat, I, I, it's before he lost even Buster Douglas. I mean, they're, they're treating it like he, treating him like he's still, a um such a big deal that he is still the you know heavyweight champion at his prime it's really just i it was annoying listening to them talk about mike tyson and the way they sold him and it's like they would have gotten more i I guess enjoyment if they'd said it was magic johnson that was doing it (laughs) yeah you know probably it it just at least he's recently been in the news as being the owner one of the owners of the lakers you know, so. Well, Mike Tyson, the last time Mike Tyson did anything that anybody talked about, period, was his guest spot in The Hangover. And what was that, 2011? Uh, something like that, yeah. I mean, that was the last time that I remember, you know, anybody having any kind of buzz about Mike Tyson. You know, and you know what? I'm sorry. I I uh, I, I know I'm going to change the subject and be somber for a moment, but I, I just mentioned the Lakers, and that made me think of Kobe Bryant, which made me think of Chad Gaspard. So I want. Oh wow, to, yeah. So, so I just I just want to say, you know, our I you know we were big crime time fans. You know, we really enjoyed their gimmick. We enjoyed their stuff. Uh, but even if we hadn't, you know, my heart goes out to the family of Chad Gaspard. And it was it was odd because we were just talking about those two. We were, yeah, just a week ago. You know, and and to hear to hear what happened yesterday, the fact that he got caught in that riptide, and then they called off the search and then found his body this morning. I was just I was floored by it. So yeah, it, it's a sad day. Yeah, I mean, great that they were able to rescue his son, but you know, too bad about Chad and and uh, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to say, but I I do want to acknowledge that it happened, and you know that I'm you know it's it's too bad. I concur. Well, I hope so. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I don't want to turn it into a tribute show, but um, I, I enjoyed Chad's work. I enjoyed um, his time with his run with Crime Time. I, you know, wish that he had gotten a, a better run after they broke up, but you know, unfortunately, he didn't. And it is sad that you know to lose anybody, and especially the way he did. Uh, thankfully, they were able to rescue his son, um, but it, you know, it. it it was just, it was kind of a surreal moment, especially considering, you know, I hadn't talked about him or JTG in, God, I'd say probably a decade. And then we just talked about him last uh, last week. Yeah, I hope we didn't curse him. I hope not. If I am, I'm never bringing up anybody again. Well, um, you know, I... I, I don't know how to, it's hard to move on from that, but let's move on to John Moxley versus Brody Lee, because I thought, I thought Brody Lee walking out with that world championship made me think like he should always hold that title. Just the, yeah, way, he, and, just the way he holds it like that is just, it, it brings so much prestige to it in my opinion. Well, he, he holds it like Nick Aldis holds the NWA belt, yep. the 10 pounds of gold. And it, it it's like, he's making it a big, big deal. It's not like that's one thing that, has always annoyed me, you know, people like, um, Raven, the way he always wore it around his neck or, um, you know, what is, what did Bray do with it? Wasn't he wearing it around his face, like a face mask? Yes. 
you know, that's to me, that's disrespectful. You should be showing it off. Even the draping it over the shoulder to walk it down the ring kind of bothers me a little bit. I used to hate when Austin used to drag it. You know, it's the most the most prestigious thing in the in the world, and you're treating it like it's just a a, a chain necklace. I wonder how you would have felt about Nigel McGuinness with the way he brought it to the ring. I you haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure when I do, I'll have thoughts. He wore it backwards. So that yeah, so like he like he wore you know with the with the uh, like the the world championship facing the audience because he wanted because then he wanted to, he wanted to basically to have the rest of the fans to like, to see his ass because he hated all of them basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean that's a heel move. I, I don't have as big a problem as that. It doesn't seem as disrespectful. I mean, you, you know, even carrying it over your shoulder, I guess that was a little too far. That's not. There's nothing disrespectful about that. But when you're wearing it like a face mask or, um, you know, Jeff Hardy used to do that too, where he'd wear it around his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, or dragging it on the ground behind you like uh, The Rock used to do with the IC belt. Um, that that kind of disrespect just bothers me. Didn't Lee Cool do, it, do something weird with it too? Like, where, like a they cut it. Almost? Nope, they cut it in half. I know they did that, but I thought they... Okay, that's all they did? All right. As far as I know, well, they cut it in half and then wore it like a sling because they only had half of it. Oh, okay. There we go. That's what I was thinking. Um, and that that was I didn't have as big an issue with that because that was fitting the storyline, the fact that they were both champions, not you know just one of them being a champ and all that. Right. Okay. Um. Somebody else used to wear it backwards too, and I can't remember, but I remember not having a real issue with that one either. Was it AJ? I don't remember AJ wearing it backwards. But I'm not saying he didn't. It might have been an X Division. I, I think it was an X Division person that used to wear it backwards, and I remember not having an issue with that. It's just when they wear it like it's a, a, a necklace and, and you know drag it that I have issues with it. Cause I, and that's why I like Brody Lee and Nick Aldis, the way that they hold it, the way that they present it. It just seems like a big deal. My only issue right now with Dark Order is that the entire faction doesn't seem like a big deal. Yeah, that's true. It, it's Brody Lee. It's a tag team we haven't seen in three months, and then it's a bunch of masked guys that are just kind of running around behind everybody. Yeah, and that's why Brody Lee almost has to win the championship this weekend just to make them seem like a bigger deal than they actually have been so far. Well, yeah, that, and they'll have to bring in some actual names. You know, like like, like recruit. No, well, you know what? No, because they've already got their tag team. Do they? Because they haven't been around in months. They're, they're trapped in Canada, I think. But man, that would be a good fit with Brody Lee. But I can't see them being minions to Brody Lee. That's the only problem. With the way the Dark Order is set up, it's him and his minions. I really enjoyed their uh, their uh, podcast with Chris Jericho, by the way. The Revolt? Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. And I, I like the Brody Lee one, too. Yeah. Um, do we, do we, do we get predictions for this Saturday or I don't want to, because I just, I mean, predictions are one thing. What I want to happen is completely different. Okay. It's like, I really want and think Brody Lee should win the title, but I have a feeling that they're going to, they're not going to pull it off Moxley. Do you feel the same way I do about the TNT championship that you just don't care who wins? 
No, I want Lance Archer to win it. Okay. Well, I don't care about the title I, at all. I, so. I, I, I want I Lance I Archer. I don't think it should exist. I don't care about it. I just don't want it around. So. I agree. I don't think it should exist. And if it is going to exist, it should not be on a pay-per-view. The, t- the title should be defended on TNT. It's the TNT belt, for Christ's sake. Exactly. And But if they're, and, and, if they're and, going to have it. Go ahead. I think if they're going to have it and set it up the way it is, Archer has to win it or you take all credibility away from everything you've done for Archer since his debut. And it also means it also makes Cody's loss to Chris Jericho mean nothing because he just he just found he just found a workaround to get a champion to get a singles championship in the company. Right, exactly. You know, here I can't win that belt so I'm just going to create another one. Exactly. You know, and and it's again too, I mean the fact that neither here or Archer or um, Brandy were on this episode, even in a was really tough to digest because here you are trying to make this um, title matter. This is a feud that's been building for months. And the fact that none of them were even involved in a vignette was not a real good way to sell the match. Very true. Um, so without giving like pretty like match predictions, another another thing I want to say is that I feel like MGF taking on Jungle Boy smells an awful lot like it's going to turn into a tag team match. You think they would go that cheesy route on a pay per view? I kind of feel that way. I kind of feel like they. God, I hope it. not. Because they've been setting up, you know, they've been setting up Wardlow and, and Luchasaurus for weeks. Um, and, you know, Jungle Boy versus MGF is, is a weird matchup to me. So, to, so to me, it feels like it's going to end up being MGF and, Mar- and Wardlow versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. See, and I don't have a problem with the um, the Jungle Boy because it to me it's like you're getting a preview of the future. Oh, These are a, the oh, I don't have a problem with it. I just feel like I just feel like it kind of came out of nowhere. But they don't have really any tag matches on this card, do they? The only tag match they have on the card is the pre-show match between Private Party and Best Friends. And whoever wins that is considered the number one contenders. Because the tag champs are in the, um, you know, the that brawl at the end. Right. Um, the Bucks are in that brawl at the end. The um, SCU and uh, one other tag team is in that ladder match. Or is it just SCU that is? Um. It's just, uh, let's see, it's Frankie, Frankie Kazarian. And Scorpio Sky. Sky. And Ray Phoenix are in there. And yep, so there's two tag teams that are gone. You know, oh, and then oh, you got... Oh, Luchasaurus is in that match, too. So maybe that, so maybe I'm wrong about it becoming a tag match. I wonder if this is going to be the crowning moment for Luchasaurus. Are they going to pull their, uh, you know, their whole Money in the Bank ladder match and, and throw it on an up-and-comer? Or is it going to end up being Darby Allin and they keep pushing that train? No, it's gonna be Scorpio Sky. I got. I hope not. I hope not too. But I. But I think that with him pushing him, the way that the Dark Order has been going through, you know, been been going against SCU, and I, you know, I think that you know if, if Scorpio Sky winning here and becoming the number one contender, and then taking on um, a newly crowned Brody Lee for the championship makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense, and Luchasaurus against anybody makes sense. Um, I think Darby Allen is the only one that would cloud it for me. Um, cause I think he, you know, he, 
he it wouldn't be a heel versus face booking or anything like that because Darby Allen's not a he he just fights anybody he doesn't care. Um, but I I think there's more to the Darby Allen Taz story that I don't think they're gonna pull it out they're gonna put it on him yet they're gonna let him win that because I think they're in the middle of kind of breaking Darby down mm-hmm. to build him back up because he's had so many he's had so many chances now. And I think they're, it just feels to me like with this whole Taz thing that they're breaking him down a little bit to build him back up again. Yeah. Now, now if you ask me, like, first of all, there's one more person that we have. We don't even know who it is yet. So, I mean, that could certainly be the, you know, the, the crowding person as well. But to me, like, looking at the list of guys that are actually in there right now, my number one choice would be Luchasaurus. My number two choice would be Ray Phoenix. But, but you know, I don't think that either one of those guys is actually going to win it. I'll be happy, wonder, I'll be happy they do though. I've heard rumbles about Zack Ryder. Ugh. So I wonder I wonder if it might be Zack Ryder as the ninth guy. Ugh. I have a feeling as one of the WWF cast offs. I don't hate Zack Ryder. I just don't really think he he belongs in AEW. I don't think he needs him. So I don't either. Um in fact I was reading somewhere about um how the revolt and EC three are going um you know, kind of doing stuff together, making it sound like they're going to be a faction. That's a weird so, faction. you know, to have it like maybe EC3 debut there. And then like, the, I don't think I like the EC. I don't think I like those three as a faction. I, I, I really like the revolt, but as the revolt by themselves. You know? Yeah, I do too. I think they belong by themselves. Um, but it all depends on how we're going to book them. If we're going to book them as faces, which they should be. Um, then I think, you know, them as a standalone tag team works out well, if they're going to book them as heels right now, there's two heel factions that are, they're trying to make noise with and only one of them. You said you listened to the podcast. They were talking about how they love being heels. They're talking about how, how they don't like, how they like, don't like taking the, getting the shine. They like giving the shine to other people. So, well, yeah, because they're actual wrestlers. I know, but they were talking about how they enjoy being a heel. But I, I, I just, I have this unfortunate feeling that they're not going to be able to debut as heels just because I don't think the crowd will let them. Well, the crowd didn't let, uh, the Lucha brothers or let PMP do that either, but they're still heels. Yeah, that's true. All right. You got me there. And they may not, they may, they may not even come in there at all. They might, they, you know, they talked about how much they wanted to face the North. They talked about wrestling for in the NWA. So who knows? I mean, they're, they're, they're really, I, I don't think their future is set in stone yet. So. Regard, regardless of what happens with them, I think that the debut is going to be uh, in, whoever the debut is, is going to be in that ladder match. And it's either going to be, in my opinion, it's either going to be EC3 or Ryder, Zack Ryder. Okay. Well, I would neither, I would want either one of them to win it. Though. Well, I don't want either one of them to win it either. <laughs> I just, I think that it's going to be, they're, they're the ones that are going to debut one of those two. I think, and I and I think that you know a great way for them to push, and honestly, like, um, as a someone who, who's ambivalent about Scorpio Sky, um, I think that a great way to to, to like make him even to, to if they really want to build him up and make him over, I think a great way to do that would be for him to be the ninth guy coming in. He's about to come into the ring, and somebody pulls it, and somebody pulls that belt down before he, the the contract down before he gets a chance to. Yeah, they did bring up that stipulation. Yeah. 
And, and I, that was, and I, and I think that's you know, kind of a cool stipulation that I didn't, you know, that I've never really heard before. Cause it's always gotta be all, everyone's in there before it comes into play. And it was nice to, to hear that, that, you know, the first two guys, one of them could get it. Right. They definitely could. But I, I just thought that would be like, you know, they were trying to, you know, they've been trying, cause they've been trying to push Scorpio sky to the moon for months. So, um, I mean, and they could, they kind of cooled down on that now I realized, but, but still, I mean, I think that'd be a great way to, to, and even Darby Allen, that would work really well for. It's like you know, I didn't even get a chance at that chance. I didn't even get a chance. I didn't even get out there. And that would continue the Darby Allen breakdown story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that would be that would be another way to continue continue that and push him even farther because then you know he can feud with whoever won it. Yeah. Um, right, I like it. I like that idea. I like that thought. I, and I and I I gotta say like because I'm, I'm looking at this at the list of com- competitors here and I and I remember to it the last couple of times we've seen Orange Cassidy wrestle and, it, and I love that he is he's announced as being from wherever Wayne, Wayne whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah I'm really enjoying and when he I I'm enjoying his matches too he's fair he's a lot more um, <clears throat> in ring talented than I was than I was always thinking he would be yeah and. I love that slingshot spot in tonight's match. That was yep. great. <laughs> I yeah, I, I like the way he took down Ray Phoenix with his hands in his pockets, and yeah. I just I I I I enjoy Orange Cassidy, and I never thought I would. Yeah. And Phoenix continues to do things that are that amaze me. I do, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like a yeah no way that's what it was. It was like he stepped from the middle rope outside the ring, sprung up without touching any other rope, and hit that famouser on Orange Cassidy. That was amazing. That and the um, spot where he double stomped him in the back of the head. Yeah. That was like an impressive, holy crap, how'd you get control of your body that quickly to stop your momentum and drop down? Yeah. And even that springboard um, sunset bomb was just beautiful. I just hope he's okay because (laughs) at the end of that, he landed flat on his back. Right. And I texted you right away. I said, fuck, is he okay? Well, that was, uh, Christian had a spot like that once where, you know, he said the best way to land is, you know, flat on your back, especially if you're going to miss something. And, um, he scared the shit out of the undertaker during a, uh, during a spot because the way he fell, it looked like he had died. I remember somebody did that at, uh, one of the, at the NWA's 70th anniversary show last year too, where it looked like, was it Sammy that did that? I think it was Sammy, wasn't it? No, I think it was that other guy that we hated and now he's a big deal in NWA. Right. Can't think of his name right now, but yeah, it was, yeah. Somebody like do try trying to do like a four fifty to the outside and completely missed everybody. Everything. Yeah. And it was, it was ugly. Yeah. Not a four, not a four fifty, a six thirty, I should say. So yeah. Then it might've been Sammy. Cause I think Sammy's the one that does a six thirty, but I don't remember Sammy missing that badly I, i'm almost positive it was that other guy and i can't think of his name now but the guy that came out and he cut that promo about how he's the greatest ever yeah ricky starks right yep yeah, yeah and now he's now he's actually a big deal in nwa right i liked him better i liked him better in the nwa stores like the few nwa or uh what's it called anyway the nwa show that i saw nwa right? power power yeah that i that i ever that i liked him in the 70th anniversary show for sure so but, Okay. Well, I, I mean, I, as far as predictions go, I, you don't want to do them. So that's fine. Yeah. I don't want to do them just because I, I think predictions are going to go against everything I want to see. And I don't want to ruin it because I still want to cheer for, I, I want Brody Lee to win it. 
you know, I want, I want Sheeta to win it. I think she does the most talented person on the roster. Uh, and I'd like to see her get a little run with it. Yep. Um, I want to see this. I don't, I don't think in the main event, there's a payoff. There's a heel comeuppance coming because I don't think the inner circles time is done. You know, so I think it's smart for the inner circle to stand tall at the end of it and maybe finally get the heel turn by the Bucks or, or you know, whoever's going to do their heel turn and put an end to that storyline. Well, you know, if that happens, it's going to be because they, they set something up to make it look like Paige wasn't there for his team. Oh, yeah. that I mean, because that's the way they're teasing it. But yeah. um, I, I want it to be, you know, I, I, I think storyline-wise, it makes sense for the inner circle to win. You know, just for the power of the company, for the ways that the stories are being built. And I think we need a payoff to this Adam Page thing. So either the Bucks turn heel or they pull the trigger and turn hate Page heel, something. But something's got to end that storyline because I'm just, I'm over it. That's been going on for over a year now. Stop it over a year. It's been close to a year. It's been since October of last year. That's when Dynamite started. <laughs> so eight months. It's been going on too damn long. <laughs> Eight months, but three of them we weren't. They, three of them page wasn't even on television. Oh, but they made sure relax, to bring. Relax. They made sure to. They made sure to bring up the dissension on every being the elite and on every impact, or I'm sorry, every episode of Dynamite. So on this card, we have these are the singles matches we have. We have Cody versus Lance Archer. We have MGF versus Jungle Boy. We have John Moxley versus Brody Lee. We have Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. And just to reiterate the point I made earlier in the show, the two I'm most excited about are Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. I didn't realize they had two women's matches. I guess I didn't realize that Statlander match was on there. Yeah, so I mean, that's... is I'm not, Maybe it's just me, but I mean, to me, those are the two most... Those are the two singles matches on the show I'm looking forward to the most. So. I, I, I kind of want to see the Lance Archer... I, I kind of, yeah, but then again, too, there you get into a situation where the three top heels are the ones that I want to win, you know, just because I think it's better for the product overall, but then that's too much, you know, they're never going to do that to the fans who are paying all this money to watch their favorites win. Ugh, the fact that Cody's a favorite just bugs me. Yeah, me too. So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I hope Archer wins. I, I think I like to see Statlander win, although I know Britt Baker's going to because it's just her time. You know, another, uh, another way we could look at Cody being, the, uh, Cody being a heel in this situation is um, when Darby Allen came in, his first big match was against Cody. Cody was happy to face him. When, right. When uh, – Sammy Guevara had his first big match one-on-one it was with Cody, and Cody was happy to face him. Mm-hmm. He, he was happy to face Sean Spears one-on-one, but now a big guy comes in like Lance Archer, who's bigger than Cody, and Cody runs away and says, oh, he's got to earn it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just everything Cody does lately is heel. It screams heel, so. Yeah. But I, all right. I, I'm just, I just want to throw something else in there to fit the narrative that you and I are seeing. With him, so. 
<laughs> guys um you got us on a couple different youtube youtube channels hopefully you're listening on one of them and if you are hit the like button hit the subscribe button ring the notification bell otherwise uh please check out our patreon page patreon.com slash kingdom of honor um every show that we have ever done with the exception of last week's dynamite or yeah, is on there and i cannot get last week's dynamite to give me a good audio the fact that shane kind of called midstream um left uh, the opening out but i'll probably end up putting the little bit that i did get recorded off skype um on there so that at least we don't miss all of our shows um but you know everything that we've ever done is on patreon.com slash kingdom of honor uh do us a favor go ahead over there if you like the content uh you know donate a little bit to keep it going um and then of course our twitter at regi co-op is mine at zanman lop is his use the hashtag dad and the hashtag koh um that'll get you to find everything we do and I will try to get tonight's and last night's shows uploaded onto Red Circle, which is our, where, where we now live, on, live for our podcasts. Make sure you stay tuned to the, the other LLP radio shows. So tomorrow night will be MS LLP Radio Adventure. Friday is WWF The Legacy Series. On Saturday, um, which there should be a, a um, aftershock for Double or Nothing. I don't know yet what's going on with me, so I'm not sure if I'll be able to join him for that, but Imp will be there for sure. And then we'll be back with you next Tuesday on Kingdom of Honor for, uh, what, what did we decide, Turning Point 2005? Yeah. Yeah, whatever the next one uh, in the line is. And then on Wednesday, for we're going to be, we're going to be doing a live uh, play-by-play or commentary of Dynamite while we're also talking about Double or Nothing at the same time. So... Um, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye. <laughs>